All right, we're just going to start. We'll just start now. I think I've got the intro music ready to go. All right, welcome to uh, Properly Cocked. This is a 40K podcast where we count down the top five of basically everything. It's just, you know, uh, four guys sitting around talking about Warhammer 40,000. Uh, the only difference between this podcast and every single other Warhammer 40k podcast where four guys sit around and chat is uh, we kind of focus it in on a top five. And hopefully at the end of it, you come away with a few ideas. It's just a bit of fun. Today, we're going to be talking about the top five things we've learned during lockdown. Uh, welcome to Aaron Wilson. Hey, how's it going? Hey, hey, good, good. Uh, welcome to Brendan D. You're going to hold on. You, you need to figure out oh, how you're going to okay. do this thing. We've got one microphone to share between Brendan and Sean. So good morning. Morning. And uh, Sean Sullivan, welcome back as well. Good morning. That's how you do it, Brennan. You just grab it, take control, talk into the mic. <laughs> You're an old stager with uh, all of this broadcasting stuff, aren't you? You know how this works. I'll get the hang of it. Yeah, you'll, you'll be all right. So uh, this is our first episode back after um, lockdown. If you're listening from anywhere else in the world, New Zealand has come down on lockdown like a Castella night on a fire warrior and just stomped it on, on uh, COVID. Uh, that's how we've dealt with it. We've just pretty much stomped it out. We're getting back relatively to normal compared with a lot of the rest of the world. So we're looking forward to doing things like, you know, playing games again and maybe tournaments. Actually, tournaments are coming up again. We know that. So we wanted to look at some of the stuff we've learned during uh, this lockdown period. We've all been confined to our homes and not really doing very much else. Uh, and we've discovered I've got heaps. I've just gone so far out of my way to be learning lots. And everybody else is, well, Aaron, you've done, I think, Sweet FA was the term you used. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Family show, so that's about as far as we'll go with that. Um, But can we, uh, we're counting down a top five each, or we're contributing to what will be a top five list. So have you got anything that you want to start us off with? Yeah, I I noticed with all the tournaments getting cancelled and not being able to play, I I lost quite a bit of motivation to do a painting and building. So I kind of just sat on my models for a a wee while before I actually started digging into anything. Yeah. So, yeah, got a little bit done, but... Right. So what have you learned? Have you learned anything? Oh, I've learned I need motivation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I don't know if that I makes need the opponents list. to crush in order to yeah, be do motivated. You know, I, I think probably a lot of people are in that situation where uh, without games to play, yeah. kind of the motivation lagged a little bit. Although we did do a podcast about how to keep yourself motivated, and one of yours was read books. Uh, you know, read books about the army you're starting. Yeah. And uh, we'll deal with this in another podcast, but that's something I discovered was that I love the lore of the game. Like, I've, for me, I don't know about anyone else here. You guys, I think, are, uh, Brendan and Sean, you've been in the game a lot longer, and, and I think you're much more aware of the lore and are more into it. Uh, and you as well, you read a lot more books. Yep. But for me, that was always very much the third leg of this hobby was I love the playing and I love the painting and kit bashing. But the big thing I've learned, one of the big things I've learned over the break is uh, I'm really enjoying reading books and reading the stories and getting to know the lore of the game um, a whole lot more, which is... So I've got to encourage people to do that. If you haven't really been into it or haven't really been doing it, reading the books and getting to know the the characters and the stories behind the armies you're playing is, is really cool. Brendan, have you got anything? Oh, sorry. No, we'll go. Sean. Sean's grabbed the mic. Uh, um, I was just going to say, you can't be a proper 40K hipster until you can actually have a fight about the law debate about yeah. you go, go back in the codex and go, oh, no, back in this codex and back in the old days, you know, right. Tigerius was a half half elf and you're just like, oh, what? No, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's not right. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm at. I don't, I'm reading the books and enjoying it, but I certainly can't uh, do like you two can with your... 
I mean, Aaron started about the same time as I did, end of seventh, when we started playing the game. But Brendan, you've been around since day one. Yeah, the problem is most of the stuff that we know is wrong because it's not a direct con now. Yeah, you you two are basically uh, being put out as legends now, aren't you? Like (laughs) (laughs) being retired. So what have you got to uh, throw into this list of things we've learned during lockdown? Okay, um, the first thing is something I learned the hard way. You should always have some projects close by ready to go. Um, When we went into lockdown, I was basically working right up to the last minute. I was trying to pack some... um, equipment have it sent over to the states before all the planes were grounded um and i live in an apartment so i don't have a lot of my hobby stuff at home i have it all in a storage locker okay uh so i didn't have any time to think about what i was going to do over lockdown until the morning the first day when i was off work i thought i'll go to my locker and get some stuff to work on and i went down there and realized my key code wouldn't work they they'd banned anyone from accessing the facility for the whole of level four. So, so you, you started lockdown with nothing on I, the... I, well, that's what I thought. So I had n- none of the things on my to-do list I could actually get a hold of. Um, the second thing I learned from this, though, is I have more than enough models. Uh, <laughs> I started looking around my house and I actually found out I've got models everywhere. Oh, this I, was... You know when you were looking for your Telos and you found like <laughs> yeah. 20 boxes of <laughs> yeah. models? So I, I started looking for... I just needed something to paint for four weeks and I found all kinds of things that uh, I... I had like two um, Adeptus Titanicus legions. Um, I ended up getting a, uh, it's not 40K related, but I got a box of the Star Wars Legion models and like painted all of them. Right. Um, I was about to start getting desperate enough to crack out all the board games and painting the models from them when finally I got my 40K stuff back. So I assume you had paint and brushes and everything, kind of enough of that lying around to last you for a few weeks? Uh, yeah, I started getting desperate for like um, Agrax Earthshade and Lead Belcher. <laughs> right, and, right. right. Yeah. yeah, I think there were a few people running back in as soon as uh, we were able to. Yeah. Actually, shout out to Kapiti Hobbies while we're here because uh, it took me a couple of weeks. I saved so much money for a couple of weeks. <laughs> and then as soon as I found out that Kapiti Hobbies were able to send stuff, I, how is that gone? I was able to get books and paints and everything. So shout out to Scott and his team who kept, I think, a lot of people around, particularly our part of the world in Wellington and the Kapiti Coast, kept them going. Um, Sean, have you got anything you want to throw into this little list of stuff we're uh, compiling? Oh, yeah. My uh, number five was actually I've got way too much place to crack. I <laughs> went, sat down and I went through and go, well, I've got some time. What were these pet hobbies that I really wanted to do? So I pulled out my squats. I've got a whole squat army. I've started like trimming that up, putting that together. And then I was like, oh, what else do I have? And I've got you know, an, um, a whole bunch of wraith constructs and just going to do a wraith army and I've got them out and I was like, had like these things and then I just went, oh, stuff it, I'm just going to do Death Watch. So I just pulled out a whole Death Watch army and this is why I'm saying I've got too much stuff. I pulled out a whole Death Watch army right. and I've got about 3,000 points assembled wow. and sprayed up and started painting and I'm like, if you can just pull 3,000 points out and just go, that's what I'm doing. I mean, some of it's land raiders and stuff that you wow. probably won't be doing na- besides yeah. narrative play but it's just a little bit ridiculous when you're sitting there going, I've just assembled this army. Huh? Yeah. Oh, yay. That's pretty good. Well, it sounds a bit like when uh, Brendan went looking for his Talos and found, I don't know how many points worth of models, but you had a lot of stuff there. Yeah, I was, I was looking for a couple of Talos I knew I had on sprues. Um, and I had at one point taken everything I had and put in boxes according to what army it belonged to. Um, but I thought I should actually st- do a stock take of my Eldar and it was like 800 power level. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> so. What? That's a, that's a lot of models. Do you have any stashed at home, Aaron? 
Yeah, I've got a few boxes I've got on the shelf right. waiting to be built. But uh... but the way Aaron plays is, if it's not hyper-competitive right now, then there's just no point in building. <laughs> is, that, is that fair? It's true, but not intentional, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Like, yeah, you build, you're going to yeah. build and paint. To be fair, that's, that's similar to me. Like I don't have all the time in the world. Well, I did for a few weeks. But up until then, uh, for me, if I'm building and painting, then I'm building and painting something that's going to be useful in a game. And that might be why you end up with boxes and boxes of stuff that you previously haven't kind of done is because you're focusing on the next tournament or the next event or the next big game or whatever it is. So, uh, so you end up not doing, you know, not doing all those other things that you bought with the best intentions, but you then found out weren't going to be great. I'm going to chuck something else in here. Um, I don't know if anyone has experience with uh, dropper bottles. I've been fiercely loyal to uh, Games Workshop and still am, but during the lockdown, during the break, uh, I got to know a guy in the States who works for the Army Painter. And a heck of a nice guy, and they've, they've made some moves over there. And he taught me into trying their product, which I got from Cuppity Hobbies and got down a few different colours and things. And, the, man, the dropper bottles are so good. <laughs> like not having to have that lid open and things going dry and just using the dropper bottles. You save, for a start, the paint is cheaper. But uh, you save so much on just only being able to put out the exact amount of paint that you're going to need. Have you, have you used them before? Uh, I've got one or two lying around, right. but yeah, yeah. I like them. I'm a big fan suddenly of the, just of the dropper bottle mechanism. Oh, I like it. Um, what the problem is I actually do like army painters really neon looks. Okay. So they've got some really high pigments, like really good greens and blues. Um, the only problem I find is sometimes I put a bit too much out of the dropper bottle cause you just can't. Dab, dab a little bit of paintbrush. So oh, if you're doing okay, some lenses right. or something like that, you do like six lenses and then you've right. just got like a little puddle. So it's about how you, yeah, how yeah. you do it. But the, I do do enjoy them. The flip side of it for me, I found, was that um, I love the Citadel colours. See, I was going to say the Army Painter, uh, I'm, I find some some of them are great. The greens are great. But the, the reds, the Army Painter reds, not as good the, as the Citadel, for example. Oh, um, I do a lot of airbrushing, so dropper bottles are ideal for that because you can apply yeah, them yeah, straight yeah. in the brush. And a while ago, I ordered like a thousand empty dropper bottles from China. <laughs> so I've got a lifetime. thousand. Well, that was the minimum order. <laughs> right. And well, if you want to sell some, I, think yeah, I know yeah, I got Well, I can, I can hook you up with some. I, <laughs> I was intended to take all my Citadel paints and transfer them into the dropper bottles, but that's just way too much that work. That sounds like so a lockdown project. I, yeah, <laughs> I should have done that, but the dropper bottles were in my storage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the other one that I've found as an alternative is um, little uh, syringes. Like I just go to the chemist, they're like a dollar just for these little like 20 mil syringes. Right. Um, I use them a lot for um, Citadel washes with, when I'm airbrushing. Yeah. So you can just like soak up two mil of wash and then just drop it into the airbrush as you need it. So okay. it's, it's easier than having to transfer everything into a dropper bottle permanently, but you just use that as you need it. And now they have the Citadel air colors as well. I use them the same way. I just use a little syringe to take it out of the okay. pot and into the airbrush. See, there you go. There's like a that's little... A, that's a brilliant idea. That's a brilliant idea. That's a bonus tip that, was, uh, that no one expected. See, this is why it's <laughs> worth listening to this podcast. You get these little gems. So are you going to contribute anything to this or are you just going to uh, talk about the stuff that other people contribute? Oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have too much to contribute. I did notice that um, I, was, I was starting on a lot of Imperial Guard stuff to add to my AdMech and then um, basically the ninth announcement dropped and Engine Ward is uh, coming out shortly. Yeah. So it kind of, I got so far through all this, this Imperial Guard stuff, but now ninth is 
you know, you're getting, you have to pay to take a, a different detachment of different armies. Or right, right, right. Like, so oh, should I just keep sticking with Admech or do I well, follow through? This is interesting though, because this is, I think we've all, I mean, we all know I have changed armies about 25 times. You've stuck with Admech so much and you've become really good with it, but it doesn't get, do you feel the need for a change? Like, do you, do you want to change up just for the sake of changing? To add some new flavor, or is it just that you, competitively you thought there would be an advantage? Just competitively, really. Right. Like okay. I, I wouldn't just go and play a full Imperial Guard army. I think that'd be boring. Right. But um, having some particular models from there mixed in with your admec, I think would be. Were you inspired by the success of uh, that guy who did well with uh, no, not admec at and all. a bit of Imperial Guard? <laughs> not at all. Had, a no, had, recently. had nothing to do with it. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what we need. Two players from this podcast, Sean, we're talking obviously about Sean Sullivan. Uh, two players from this podcast, uh, both playing a bit of Guard and a bit of admec. I just wanted to see how much soup I can get in there because they actually had like an Inquisitor, some Marines, oh. some Admech and, and some Guard. So it was kind of like yeah. just seeing how many things. And I was going to try and get an Assassin in there, but I just couldn't, couldn't manage it. Right. Well, I think the first couple of games we played after that tournament, first couple of games I played with Aaron, he suddenly got an Inquisitor <laughs> and an Assassin and a... Um, <laughs> The Inquisitor was new, but yeah, yeah, I've, I've had assassins. You've had assassins for a long time, yeah. Especially, they were especially they came out when uh, I had my demon army. You know, Thousand Sons and Demons. Yeah, we quite often had the uh, the assassin. Oh yeah, I tailor absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Um, okay, let's start. Is there anything else for? Uh, hold on, I don't know. I can't remember where we're up to. I've only got one thing written down. Um, but I'm going to write dropper bottles here because because uh, that led to something good. Okay, Brennan, we're up to. Next one on your list. How many more do you... Well, I've still got four more, but we can cull them down. Well, I just right. see, we'll just see how we go. Okay, this is a quick one. Um, I, I, I learnt, once again, that uh, GW plastics are amazing and to appreciate them because uh, working on some other companies' models that yeah. weren't as much fun to paint and then uh, to build, going back to GW plastics was just such a, a pleasure. I, don't, I think we kind of lose sight of how far plastic technologies come. Right. Like, especially a lot of other companies. I don't know if you've had much experience doing that kind of, um, people call it like restic, that resin plastic. It's a different no. type. It's it's really kind of horrible stuff to have to clean. And it takes yeah. it just, just takes all the joy. And like, yeah. it kills your motivation to build models. Yeah. And I, I know from going from some other company models, and then I went and built some Titans, or just recently I built some Talos. They were just so much fun to build by comparison. Yeah. And, uh, you know... It's funny, though. Some models, even within the plastic, some models are fun to build and they, like, they're actually fun. Yeah. And then other models are just like a punish just because of the way things fit together or my pet hate is cleaning mold lines. You know, when you just got to use that little tool and clean all those mold lines, that's the thing that sucks the joy out of it. Well, so like, there was this like, massive leap once they went into computer design models and now they've gotten really good at hiding the mold lines. Even. Yeah, yeah. So there's some of them you don't have to clean off because those... Lines are all hidden once the model's put together. Right. Not that we want to turn this into a big moaning yeah. session, but the other, my other pet hate is when they attach things to the sprue, you know, and the bit that attaches it to the sprue is something really visible and important. Not like, like Necron. a flat end. It's like, yeah, it's, they'll put it on like an yeah. like organic part. which Like the Necron chin or forehead or something <laughs> yeah. like that. You're like, come on, people, that's exactly where, well, that's what we're looking at. Put it on the back of the head. 
And saying that, like, I don't want to be the hipster here, but if you did the GW hipster back in the old days, especially if you're doing a conversion right. on a metal model, it was so much pain. You'd learn sculpting just because you had to fill in the gaps. Otherwise, the arms wouldn't look right and stuff yeah. like that. And now with the, the kits they are, you can actually just do arm swaps really easy. Nice, nice yeah. ways to actually glue them in. All the plastics, it's a huge change from what it used to be. I do think about that sometimes that I've, I've come into this hobby at like a really good lucky time. Like if, I, doing the, if I'd had to do the metal stuff, I probably wouldn't have ever lasted in the game. I think that's the Warhammer equivalent of saying in my day we have to walk 12 miles in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, uh, Sean, what's uh, next on your list of things we've learned during lockdown? Um, I got back into a bit of narrative play. I've got a couple of guys coming back into the hobby that haven't been in the hobby for a while. Yeah. And rather than just whipping out my tournament list and just doing an errand I've decided to try and uh, tone it back a bit and that's why I'm going for a death watch and like and my death watch captain's got a name now and like right. they're all, all building up and different things so you're not taking the most optimized force anymore you're like not everything has storm bolters and storm shields it's like you know basic troopers and stuff like that trying to make it a lot more fun closer than just right but, there's, but there's... is it toned down <laughs> I, I have moment. have added a little bit so that if I do take it to a tournament, it, it's going to rip face. But yeah, I was trying to make myself a little bit more of a better player to try and get things a bit better. There's a guy in uh, the States named Brian Pull, and I heard him on another podcast saying that he uh, he loves playing narrative games. Like when he's not playing at tournaments, almost everything he does is narrative just because it means uh, he gets to learn all these different things that you that don't get time in tournaments. You know what I mean? Like all these all these units in the codex that you never really see on the table, he loves bringing them because you actually get to see if there's potential for them to play a part in the army. Usually there isn't, <laughs> like in a competitive setting, but sometimes you find a you know a little gem that you're going to come away with, right? Well, it also adds, sometimes it adds something to your force that not many tournament players actually see. And that's, right. that's what I like really like. Like if you make a combo that you know um, other people don't see, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but... As soon as you you find it and then you play it in a tournament, people were like, "Oh, what does that rule do? Why do you put a guy that can fly in, inside a whatever it is?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I know what you mean yeah. though. If you've got a unit that people don't see very often, they're like, mm, "Okay," and they uh, and that's that's a big part of people making mistakes is that they don't know the other guy's army very well, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, let me throw this in there. Um, I learned to paint lenses. <laughs> I'm very proud of my lenses now, and it's the, the the thing that the reason I bring this up is because there are so many things that you look and think oh, I don't really know how to do that, or I just give it a bash, or you just kind of fill in the blanks or whatever. But honestly, YouTube University is amazing. There's everything on YouTube that you want to know, and if you just take five or ten minutes out of your day, and that's all it was with painting lenses. And I used to just like paint one color on a lens, and maybe add like a highlight, and that was it. But go to YouTube, five minutes watching a video on how to paint lenses. It's the easiest thing in the world. Oh, man, what a difference it makes. Do you remember whose video it was? I cannot remember. No. Okay. Uh, but I but just Google it. <laughs> along those lines, um, my next thing is I learned a really cool way to do camo patterns. Uh, and this was from watching YouTube videos for painting some non-GW models that I was working right. on. And um, I can't remember who made the video, but it was a really cool technique where it's basically you mix um, water and some acrylic medium and just wet the whole area that you're going to apply the camo pattern to and then you just one color at a time you just do little splotches of the color but because the whole area 
is still wet with this medium mix, yeah. it'll, it'll feather naturally. Okay. And just a little bit of practice, you can get just the perfect amount of feathering. And it's so easy because all you're doing is just making dots. Right. But they're just, they're just seeping into that medium a little bit and giving them these soft camo patterns. Okay. Yeah. We're going to have to... Uh, we've got two guys with brand new... Well, no, not brand new, but Aaron's got a new guard army. You can try that on. Yeah. Have you, yeah. Got, have you picked up your tanks? Uh, which ones? Lehman Rosses? Yeah. We did, we, I've, got, I've got two at the moment. No, I still okay. need to get a third one because there was none available. When I... So are you going to build them and paint them? and have them? Oh, yeah. This, oh, they're so easy to paint. Actually, that's something I can bring up, which I learned. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, every Lehman Russ um, paint job has like the stripes of different colors. It tries to make a camo. Like, right. I found a really easy way to do it. I was uh, too lazy. I so we've got be bothered. two different easy ways to do I camo couldn't be, now. I couldn't be bothered like putting too much effort into it. So I just got little lines of blue tack and like created lines over the tank. Right. And then I'd get glad wrap, you know, that clear glad wrap stuff, which sticks amazingly to blue tack apparently. Okay. So I stuck that on and you'd have a strip of just bare um, tank and then you'd spray that black or, or whatever off colour you wanted. Yeah. And then you just pull it off and bam, there's a there's a camo strip. Okay. Yeah. There we go. It was amazing. There's two two ways so with camouflage. <laughs> I went in and told my fiance, I was like, look what I did. Yeah. And I'm proud of you now. You've brought something up in the podcast. Look at that. <laughs> I do that to my wife. I don't know if other people do that. She's very good though. I've got to give her credit. I take with the lenses thing, for example, I take out the commander and go, Look, I just painted this guy. She's like, Oh yeah, great. Give me a look at that. She doesn't care at all. <laughs> but she's at least play you know, she's playing the game. She's she's uh building me up and making me feel better. Have you tried doing oil washes on tanks yet? No, that's 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 that, above me. Oh no, no, that's that's dead simple like you can do a real easy version of it and it's like the next big step in painting tanks really okay. and it's just like you gloss varnish the whole tank yeah you just mix this oil paint and white spirit mix right slather the whole thing and then when it's dry just rub it with a cloth and it's and that leaves in the recesses it yeah, leaves yeah, all yeah, the yeah. dark ah. and, and it feathers beautifully and, and, and it also like depending on whether you use gloss or satin it'll affect how much it actually stains the tank color underneath so right. you can like a little bit of practice. Like, I, I knocked out like 12 guard tanks in a few hours. Like, wow. and, it's, and it looks really cool. It makes such a big difference. He tried to talk me into this as well, uh, Aaron. And because it has more than two steps, I, my eyes glazed over. Like, <laughs> yeah, oil paints, <laughs> what? He said, he said, do the washes on the commanders. You know, Tau has all those little recesses and yeah, all yeah, the. Yeah. And uh, Brendan was saying, trying to tell me how to do that. And I was like, mm hmm, mm hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we should do a list on like our Facebook page showing where we got these videos for, because that would be a real great help just to be able to just have I agree, a look back yeah. through. Yeah, 100%. I'll try and find the, the uh, lenses video. Although I feel like there are 100 lenses videos and they're all saying very similar stuff. Um, but I'll try and find the one that I found because it was super quick and easy. Next episode could just be top five links we neglected to mention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, all right, John, do, are we, I can't remember where we're up to now. I keep losing my place. But are we up to uh, your next thing on your list of your top five? Um, yeah, my next one was taking time in painting. Um, I actually got painting with my daughter, which is, nice. she's two and a half, so she was obviously staying with Space Wolves. Um, <laughs> and um, they were a real nice shade of pink. I'm just going to say that. Um, yeah. But yeah, and she wanted them to ride wolves. So now I've got some pink wolves and pink Space Wolves. I'm not sure what you're saying about all other Space Wolves players. <laughs> <laughs> the mentality of a two and a half year old. Yeah, but yeah. in saying that, it was just actually fun just to sit down and enjoy actually painting for once and um, just taking your time, just yeah, yeah. enjoying it and especially since you couldn't go out anywhere. Mrs. is watching Coronation Street and <laughs> right. like really bad stuff. And I was like, oh, well, I'll just I'm put painting. on an audio book and <laughs> just sit there and paint. It was great. Yeah, nice. The um, 
uh, my daughters actually, funnily enough, over lockdown got to painting as well. So I gave them some old uh, demon models. And now I've got some nice pink and blue uh, demons running around. So that, That's appropriate, though. They're meant to be. Yeah, they're meant, yeah. <laughs> only it the, the pink ones were the ones that were supposed to be red and the blue ones were the ones that were supposed to be pink. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, they're demons, like you say. It's all, it's all part of the fun. Um, the other thing uh, that I have learned is that I love the armor paint. I know I've already given the army painter a bit of a plug, but I love the brushes. Have you guys tried the the brushes from the army painter? Are you talking about like the triangle shaped ones? Yeah, you've got a weird tr white yeah. triangle shaped handle. Yep. But the brush itself really uh, holds the paint. It's fantastic. Um, so that was another little thing that I wanted to throw in. And and while I'm here, I can't remember. There was something else. <laughs> So we'll just stick with that. I, the, I the, but people chase the best brush. You always see on Facebook, you know, asking for recommendations for brushes and people try the Windsor and Newtons and they try all sorts of different, you know, hog hair, horse hair, um, synthetics, whatever, a combination of them all. And you get some for a dollar and some for $40. And it's just, uh, I guess it depends on how you use them. But the, uh, the Army Painter brushes I like so far, not the dry brush, I will say that. I hate their dry brush. The only dry brush I like is the, is the Citadel dry brush. It's perfect. The the best dry brush ever, Citadel used to make one called the Tank Brush. Which okay. Sort of, and it's like, because now they've got the big scenery brush and then they've got like the flat dry brush, but it was like, it was round like the scenery brush, but it was the size of the current. It was it was the best brush and I wish I could still get them. They were well, really you can. Good. Army Painter have just brought out a range of, this is right. me, like, I should <laughs> be getting, for? yeah, I should <laughs> be getting some sort of kickback off this. But they've just, just released a new range of um, dry brushes that look like makeup brushes. You know, they've kind of got the, the uh, rounded off edges and apparently they're amazing. So. I, don't, I don't know if it was Army Painter. Someone used to make, or maybe they still do, there was like a double-ended brush. Right. Uh, huh. So, because I find, I, I tend to paint a lot with, Two brushes at once. I got this in there. It's like chopsticks. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'll have like one brush loaded up with the paint I'm using, and then I'll have a clean brush, which I'll just use. I'll dab it in water or just lick the brush and just wipe away mistakes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I find the other big thing, and going back to the dropper bottles for a second, the other big thing for me was um, with with dropper bottles is it saves you using a brush to to fish paint out, so that you've got less chance of getting the paint all the way up into the ends of the brush. Do you know what I mean? So when you particularly if you're mixing it with medium or mixing it with water, if you use the brush you're painting with, that's a fast way to ruin the brush. Whereas with the dropper bottles, you're not doing that. You're not fishing around in the paint with the brush. Anyway, uh, I've got three people who know the game much better than I do looking at me like, I don't know what you're talking about. So I have no hope that the people listening... Yeah, understand. I was about to say, a double-ended paintbrush would seem really bad. I've chewed all the ends, and this is the point I, I was making. Um, I was thinking about was, I actually use it if the... If the paints get a little bit dry, I use the ends, okay, to to just you know stir the pot so you can yeah. pull it out. And I've ended up with like a black and a, and a green mouth, <laughs> uh, so bad because I was just just painting and then I just chew it and it just just seeps it into your yeah. Uh, make, makes me look like an alien. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the um the other uh, big lesson, and this is not from lockdown. This is from ages ago, but it happened again over lockdown. Was don't have a cup of tea and your water cleaning um, <laughs> pot next to each other. Have I, you actually done that? I have actually have done you? that, yeah. Stirred my, my um, tried to clean my paint in my tea. Yeah, when I was about 12 years old, first day in the hobby, our GW store manager was drinking a coffee at the painting table, and I did that about three times. You he, he kept, in his coffee? He, he, kept, he, re, he would take a sip, realize, make another coffee, and then I did it again. Oh, no. Well, that's <laughs> poor form. 
Uh, do we have anything else? I don't have anything else on my list, so I must have been through all five of mine. What, have, what I've, else? I've have... got two left. Okay, go on. Yeah, okay. Um, so the next one is um, it's a new painting tool, I guess, um, that I sort of bought a while ago. I only really got around to experimenting with over lockdown, and that's acrylic retarder. Um, I, I bought one, the brand's called Atelier, who do a lot of airbrushing yep. products. Yeah. Um, and this has been recommended to me for airbrushing, but I actually found it was really great for just general uh, painting. Um, it basically just extends the drying time of your paints, but this stuff is incredibly powerful. Like I uh, found it's great for doing metallics. You find you know metallics will dry out on your palette very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and now what I do is I just put a tiny drop of this stuff in with the metallic paint, and it really extends the working time of them. Okay. The, but you got to be careful not to use too much because if you put, I found if you put two drops, that paint will never dry. Like yeah, I, I will do a coat and have to come back the next day before I can do the next coat. Right, okay. It just lasts that long. So it's not, it doesn't work the same way as medium, as in just no. making it a bit more runny. It's it's just it it lengthens the drying time. Yeah. Well, what medium is doing? Me, medium is basically paint with no pigment in it. So so medium you can use to uh, make the paint more translucent, but it's not affecting the viscosity. Right. Um, and then there's thinner, which is basically like alcohol, basically it's affecting the viscosity of the paint. And then retarder is it's almost like adding water. It will it will thin the paint because it's diluting the pigment but it's not all it's doing is making it uh stay wet for longer right okay um so it really shouldn't change too much of your coverage or anything if you're only using a tiny amount um i found it really great with washes as well because you know how you have, you have that problem with tide lines especially if you're doing a big model and you start on one part of the model work your way around with the wash by the time you get back to where you started from yeah it's, it's already yeah. started drying and if you try and move it you'll you'll leave a line where it's already dried yeah um what i've done a lot lately is i'll i'll sort of dilute my washes down to about 50 percent with water add a couple of drops of this uh, drying retarder and it just gives me a lot more working time and i'll usually do one coat of the wash and get over the whole model before it's starting to dry okay and then i'll do a second coat and then that'll give me a, it's much more workable have you any of you used um, wet pellets? Yes, yes, yeah. That was that was time. my next point. All the time, <laughs> amazing. Okay, it's so good. Yeah. Really? Yeah. God, it's I'm so, so lazy. I know. <laughs> get a bit of Tupperware, you know. And yeah. Some, get the lid. No, just get like an extra container. Yeah. Like a, I don't know, a decent sized container. You put down some. I don't know. Some toilet for paper. A YouTube video. Toilet on this. paper or um, like a handy towel or something yeah. on the bottom level. Um, put some water in that so it's nice and soaked and then just put a square of um, oven paper over it. Right. And then and slowly, that's it. the water slowly comes up through the oven paper and, and keeps, keeps it your paint. So, yeah. 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 yeah, I've heard the theory. I'm just too lazy to do it. Oh, it's so easy. Okay. It's so easy. And it really extends the, yeah. dry, the, the time that you can work with the paint, right? Like the yeah. paint won't dry. Well, the, okay. like you put the lid on and put it away and then bring it back. You can still use the paint. But it's really? quite watered down at that point. But just chuck some more of the paint from the paint pot in it. It's okay. back to normal. Good to go. The only downside with the wet palettes though, because I've just started using one uh, lately, yeah, and the, it's it's amazing, but you can't use it with metallic paints because the little metallic flakes will seep into the sponge and it contaminates everything else on the palette. Okay. So you have to keep your metallics Separate. on a traditional palette. Okay, and that's right. where the, the drying retarder really comes in handy. Okay. So a bit of both. Acrylic retarder and also wet pellets. Uh, and anything else? Last thing from Sean. Contrast paints. I actually brought qu quite a few before lockdown um, and I've never got around to playing with them. And 
especially during the lockdown, I was just like, well, I'll pull out some of these models that, you know, don't care if they get marked up. And the actual results were really nice. Like the, good, yeah. The black contrast paint and the Gilliman flesh are two of my favorite now where you can just easily do a face or make armor black because it saturates the, the panels to black, yeah. which I've always found really hard to find the perfect black for me. And I, I think it's worked really well for me. But I, all the rest, even like... Um, the gun muzzles with the, the blues yep. give it a little bit of contrast black into it. Like I said, I don't think it's designed to have the model. I think it's for spot colours. It's worked really well for me. We've, we've talked about contrast paints before, and I uh, when I first went and started trying them, I, I ended up painting like 60 Plague Bearers with contrast paints, and I think they worked really, really well. And Plague Bearers are the perfect model because there's lots of recesses and lots of things. Um, I don't think, and this is the, the mistake I think people are making with contrast, they are not designed to take the place of traditional paints. They're not designed so that you can paint a model to a quality where you're going to enter it in you know, a competition. They're designed that you're painting 60 plague bearers, you can do it fast, get them on the table. Or for things like faces or whatever you can do, anything with lots of recesses and lots of um, you know, places for the contrast to dip into. I really like them. And pe some people don't, and that's fine. But for, for doing what they're designed to do, they're really, really good. Yeah, I, thought, I was a bit sceptical about them at first, but I've really come around to them. And um, one other use for them I found was GW used to make a set of what were called artificer tent sets that were like, it was, it was just a limited release. They weren't available very long. And Back in a, like second or third edition or? No, this is like, <laughs> this, how long ago was this? Three years ago? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Tent sets are really recent. This is only going back three or four years. I think. Okay. Um, but they, well, they weren't out for very long. Um, and it was just like these concentrated pigments and you just use them for mixing into your other paints to just make... It was, it was something really aimed at the top level painters. Right. Um, but I found you can just use contrast to achieve the same thing. I was, I was trying to um, replicate this color on a vehicle and the original color was like two airbrushed colors and then a wash over top. It's impossible to yeah. find a paint that would match that. But I just took a Citadel color and then the tint there was sort of was like this blue color and then like a green tint and then just by adding tiny bits of the contrast like i could replicate that color okay. perfectly yeah 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 they're great also as a glaze if you uh, add some medium and you know thin them out a bit you can just use it as a glaze have you tried thinning them with water or other thinners or did you use no. the official because i've you know they tell you you can only use the contrast thinner but i right. i wonder i use water for almost everything else but then uh you know you guys don't need it because you use a wet palette, so you don't need to worry about it. <laughs> hey, uh, I think it's have we covered everything off? You've, we've got everything from everybody's list. We've got there's a lot of ideas and a lot of stuff in there to uh, do. Uh, have something ready to go is good. The dropper bottles are worth trying. G Dub plastic is amazing. Uh, acrylic retarder is worth trying. I'm going to uh, once we get this up and running. Uh, once once you're listening to this, hopefully by then I will have on our Facebook page a list of um, YouTube. Links that people can try for lenses and wet palettes and camo patterns. And camo patterns. Those are the other big three things. So I think we're done and dusted. Aaron, thanks for being here for this one. <laughs> no worries. Brendan, thank you for coming in. And uh, Sean, we'll see you next time. Thanks a lot. Uh, this is Properly Cocked. Find us on properlycocked.com on Facebook and everywhere else.